This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Can you say Jesus is? We've taken a, this series and what we're doing is we're trying, to, we're trying to identify the needs that people have. And then we're trying to look into scripture and see that Jesus is the very thing that you're needing. And we started our series off last Sunday with Jesus is my best friend. Because hands down one of the most leading needs in humanity is a friend. Someone that gets you. Someone that understands you. Someone that will love you and care for you. And we started this series out last week with Jesus is my best friend. Well, today, we're going we're gonna to turn it up a little bit. We're going we're gonna to increase the voltage in the room. And I can't wait to preach this message to you because Jesus is the miracle worker. And if we're connected on social media, and if we're not, I'd love to connect with you on social media. But if we're connected, you probably saw this on Friday. I just sent an invitation to anyone and everyone. If you need a miracle in your life, I wanted you to come today, and I want to show you in Scripture the steps that you need to take pursuing a miracle. Let's look into Scripture, John chapter number 2. John chapter 2, and while you're finding John chapter 2, I'm going to kind of summarize our series text. We've been dealing with this series, and we've been working from Paul talking to the church in Corinth, Paul said, listen, I'm not going to try to impress you with Paulist speech. I'm not going to try to impress you with the latest philosophy. I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to keep it plain. I'm going to tell you who Jesus is. I'm going to tell you what Jesus did. And I'm going to tell you that he died for you. So we're taking that Paul's message to Corinth and we're building this series around it. You don't have to try to try to wow people and impress people that have a need they just want to know can you help me with my need it's almost like if you're drowning and you're and someone on the boat has a life raft a life vest or 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 some kind of flotation device you don't care where it was manufactured you don't care what the what the restrictions are on it just throw me something that I can hold on to well you're in you're in that type of need in life And Paul says, I'm not going to try to impress you. I just want to tell you who Jesus is, what he did, and that he died for you. So that's kind of the root of our series. And today we're going to be talking about miracles. And there's no better place to learn about the miracles of Christ than the very first miracle ever recorded that he did. It's the miracle that's kind of known in Christianity. We always say it's that that miracle where he turned water to wine. Well, I I want to preach about that today. And I think that you're going to be blessed for being here. John chapter 2, verse 1. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. And Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. This next verse, verse number 3, is literally going to be the verse that we drill down on. And it's kind of funny because of what's expressed in the verse. But here it is. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, we have no more wine. There's three things hidden in that little scripture that we're going to talk about. So let's get started. Let's, Let's first of all, let's just talk about weddings. If you've ever been to a wedding or if you've ever uh, had your own wedding, you and I would agree that weddings, they get, they get a little stressful. I do a lot of weddings. This church is growing at such a rate. It's crazy how many weddings I do. Uh, the young couples just getting married, getting married, getting married. Weddings, I don't care where we go. Uh, just the other day I did a wedding out on a gorgeous 400-acre ranch of a family in our church. They own this ranch. Their kid got married, and we're out on this ranch. It's beautiful, and it doesn't matter how pretty the place is. Weddings get stressful. I've done weddings in my office before, which is just a small little room with no windows. It gets stressful. No matter where you are, weddings have the ability to get a little stressful. They're expensive. Can I get an amen? They're expensive. They get stressful. There's a lot of tension. 
and, and, and everybody wants their wedding to be the best wedding. Everybody wants their wedding to be the quickest wedding. The last wedding I did, the bride said, I'm walking away from the altar if the wedding's not over in eight minutes. Talk about stressful for a preacher. I can't introduce my name in eight minutes. So stress, stress, stress. Watch this. Stressful situation with high expectation. Stressful, high expectation. One more time. Stressful, a lot of tension, a lot of pressure. Why? High expectation. It's no secret why Jesus' first miracle happened at a wedding. Because if you need a miracle in your life, and we're going to be real clear at defining what a miracle is today. But if you need a miracle in your life, it's because you're in a stressful, tense situation and you have high expectations and you've exhausted every resource you have and you need what is called a miracle. Now I'm going to learn from my two previous sermons already today and I'm going to just start right here with something that I should have started with earlier. And I'm learning this message a little bit better. You guys get the revised version at, at the 1130 service. You got to understand what a miracle is, okay? I probably took long, too long in the first two sermons to describe this. Because there's a lot of you that, that, that you don't really know what a miracle is. A miracle is something that you cannot produce on your own. You've got to have God step in and do something miraculous for you. What a miracle is not, a miracle is not something that you want and need that you can do for yourself. That's called laziness. You know, a lot of people pray and ask God to do stuff that God's going, I've already given you the ability to do it. You just need to go do it. You need to go do that. Well, I, uh, well, I just need God. No, God's not going to wake you up. You need to set your alarm and get up. And God's not going to go to work for you. You need to go to work for you. And God's not going to purposely hold out money and put it in a savings account. You're going to have to hold that money and put it in a savings account. God's not going to take your wife out on a nice anniversary getaway. You're going to have to do that. God's not going to get your kid tutoring when they're failing in a class. You're going to have to do that. God, God's not going to mow your grass. You're going to have to do that. God's not going to take you to get some fried chicken in a minute. You're going to have to do that. I need a miracle, somebody. I need a good lunch today. Are you following with me right now? you got to know what a miracle is before you can ever experience a miracle. And a lot of people are believing God for miracles when it's not really a miracle they need. They just need to put, they need to put their faith to work. And they need to go make it happen. They need to go produce it. The miracle is that God will do what you can't do. Bishop Ron just taught us this on a Wednesday night recently. This is as good as it gets. A lot of you don't make it on Wednesday, so let me share this little nugget with you. Six, uh, hard work produces success. God produces abundance. Hard work a lot of people are successful because they work hard and they meet the right people. They show up when they're supposed to and, and they do what they say they're going to do. Hard work, you can be successful. There's a lot of successful, unbelieving, non-Christian people. But if you're ever going to have the breakthrough, the supernatural miracle, if you're ever going to have your five little, little if you're going to have your, if you're going to have your little fish and bread multiplied to feed 5,000, if you're going to have abundance, it's going to be because of the supernatural so on that level, let's talk about a miracle today because some of you need a miracle in your life and that's what I'm fixing to show you how to have in the word of the Lord. It happens at a wedding, stressful, high expectation and they made some mistakes in the first three verses that we're going to learn from and then what we're going to learn from before we go home is what brought about the actual miracle. The first thing, we're going to learn about the mistakes they made. And then we're going to learn how the miracle happened. Here are the mistakes. The first one, 
Verse number three, we're going to read it three times today. Verse number three, the first part says, when the wine was gone. Now, earlier in the other service, I said, you need a miracle when the wine was gone. Somebody said an amen, and that's a whole different series for a whole other Sunday. You got to understand why they were in a really bad problem in a situation when the wine was gone. Because the Jews had a saying, they had a belief system that where there was no wine, there was no joy. What that was talking about was a wedding ceremony. Weddings then are different than weddings now. Our weddings now are about, about getting the lights right. It's about the wedding gown. It's about the, you know, are we going to have unity sand or unity candle? You know, weddings now are just different. Weddings then, the ceremony was fast. It was simple. It was clean. It was done. But then they threw the biggest party ever. The wedding was judged on the party. After, it sounded like Cajun weddings. The wedding was judged on the party after the ceremony, not the ceremony. And they loved to throw a big party. And the number one thing that everybody looked forward to was the very first toast of the night. And the very first toast of the night was the best wine that the party could afford to have. They went all in for that first glass of wine. And, and, and the critical fact of this miracle was they ran out of wine. So in the context of the story, this was major problematic. This was trouble. They ran out of wine. And you got to understand the context. That meant it's over. Party's over. This fell flat. This was a disaster. This was a nightmare of a wedding. We ran out of wine? We're, we're, we're out of wine? And they started operating in, in they, 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 they went from an exciting uh, highlight night to a, to a desperate time of, 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 of anger, of sadness. They, they lost all their joy. The night was already over, and it didn't even really get started. This was a, a bride and a groom's nightmare. And they started living from their feelings about the night. Everything about their marriage was about to fall flat because of one Mistake running out of wine. And that's critical to go forward. So everybody see and listen to the story through that filter. Here's their number one mistake they made. And this is what we this is the mistake we make when we're under stress. We choose to live by feelings instead of living by faith. When you're in a stressful situation in your home, whether it be over money, whether it be over your job, whether it's your children, whether it's over the, the economy as a whole, whether this last week with the midterm elections, maybe that brought stress in your home. You know, it's a sad day when, when religion and politics bring stress into homes, but that's the world we're living in. So here's the deal. When you're in stress... When you're under stress, when you're under pressure, when it's like a rubber band and the tension is there, it's real. You can, you can cut it with a knife. You can't afford to live by your feelings. you got to live by faith. When you're parenting your kids, everybody knows that's a part of our family here at Calvary. We're raising two kids just like a lot of you are raising kids. I feel the same stress you feel. I'm not immune to what you're going through. And when we're raising our kids and the rubber band gets tight, you get that stress load. And you where you make your mistake is when you start living out of feelings. When we start parenting out of feelings. When we start trying to handle our finances out of feelings. And I'm going somewhere with this. Just hang with me. When we try to monitor our marriage out of feelings and feeling alone. Feelings, feelings. Why is it critical not to live by feelings? Because your feelings will lie to you. How are you doing? I don't, I don't feel good today. Why? I don't know. I just don't feel good. Well, you need to perk up and go to work. You need to perk up and have you another cup of coffee. Well, I just don't feel. I don't feel like he loves me anymore. Why? Well, I asked him to come in here the other night and watch This Is Us, and he wanted to stay in the bedroom and watch the game. I just don't feel like he cares. It was a Cowboys game. I mean, come on, cut us some slack. 
I just don't feel, I don't feel like my kids are listening anymore. Why? Because I asked them to pick up their, they had headphones on. I know I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I'm trying to help somebody. You live by your feelings, your feelings will lie to you. And I've got Bible for you, so hang in there for all of you that are like, well, I, well, I sense it in the Holy Ghost. No, no, you don't. You live by your feelings. <laughs> don't bring up the Holy Ghost and don't try to use that as a trump card. Because I'll trump your trump card real quick with 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We live by, somebody shout, faith. We live by faith, not by sight. What is sight? Sight's one of our senses. Senses is what creates our feelings. By what we see, by what we hear, by what we touch, by what we taste. My, my senses create how I'm feeling right now. I don't feel like I like that. Why? Because I, I felt it and it didn't feel right. I don't. Feelings. You live by your feelings, you'll never see a miracle in your life. You have to live by faith, not by sight. Here's a second mistake they made. Same scripture, verse number three. But we're going to read the next statement. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mama said to him. First of all, this is not her wedding. It's not Jesus' wedding. His mom was lucky enough to be invited Jesus' disciples were lucky enough to be invited. But all of a sudden, there's a problem. The wine's out. And what's mama do? Everybody say, you know what mama does. Everybody say, you know what mama does. Mama always steps in when mama shouldn't be stepping in. And my mama's here. She's the only one that never does that. I'm going to cover my tracks real quick. But mama always puts her nose where mama shouldn't be putting her nose. And I say that symbolically. Symbolically as we, humanity, when we're under stress, we think we need to try to fix everything on our own. You can only fix what's in the natural. You can't fix what's in the supernatural. And this is where we make our big mistakes, everybody. Let me help some of us. Let me help you while I'm helping me, okay? We try to handle what only God can handle, and then we get really stressed out when it ain't working out right. We're trying to naturally solve what it has a supernatural solution. A miracle is above the natural. A miracle is not solved by the natural means of ability and skill and effort and work. A miracle can only come into your life by faith. If it wasn't, it wouldn't be a miracle. It would just be a to-do list. And we're not talking about to-do lists today. We're talking about God stepping into your life, into your world, and doing something that's beyond your own ability to imagine. A supernatural miracle. Well, mama steps up and says, they, they, they're out of wine. They're out of wine. And it's almost like you can read into it. You can read into it that the disciples are like, why is this mama even here? Why is mama popped off about there's no more wine? Why is she all worked up about no more wine? What's Mary got going on that we don't know about? And Jesus is almost like, mama, mama, just, just sit down. I'm going to get you one of them little meatballs with a toothpick. And I'm going to get you a little celery stick and a carrot with some ranch. And I just need you to sit down. I'm going to get you a little sherbet punch. Take a Xanax. Relax. Just chill out. It's all going to be okay, mama. Mama, mama, mind your own business, mama. We're just guests here, mama. Settle down, mama. And I'm kind of blowing this up for you. To, this is what we do. This is how we operate. When we start feeling stress, we get worked up and we get amped up and we get in the middle of the problem. And this is what happens. We take something small and make it bigger than it ever had to be. We take a little rain cloud and make it a hurricane. Which leads me to my very third point, which is the last statement of verse number three. When the wine was gone, 
Now we're living out of our feelings. Jesus' mother said, now we're taking things into our own hands. Here's the third one. And I'm going to use a little different tone of voice. And I'm going to try to, try to, try to give you a good uh, illustration of how his mother was acting. They had, no, they had no more wine. And she panics. Party's over. They had no more wine. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? And, and, and I know that's an annoying tone, so I won't do it again. It's annoying me. It's my third time to do it. But she sets the, just sets the room quiet because we have an out-of-control out-of-control woman here that just, just saw a problem at a wedding, and she wants the wedding to be perfect for her friends, and there's no more wine, and she freaks out. You want me to tell you what we do under stress? We exaggerate the negative. I'll never forget, and my mama's here to vouch that this is the truth. She'll deny it. She'll tell y'all I'm lying, but the Holy Ghost knows better. I had a little rough go in geometry. Just a little struggle, you know, just a little struggle with geometry, you know. And, and, and my grades started slipping, slipping, slipping. <laughs> Only a few got that. And, and, and it was rough. And I'll never forget coming home from school one day. And I knew something was, was up because my sister, I saw my sister kind of freaked out. And she went upstairs and hid. And I come around the living room and my mama was sitting there with Kleenex. And my daddy was like this. And I thought, dear God, they're they getting divorced. They've gone bankrupt. They, everybody that we're going to have to, they're they filing bankrupt. They're getting divorced. Somebody died. Somebody found my stuff. Had I hid in my room? Something, something's up. Something's up. And my dad said, sit down. I said, okay. He said, I just want you to know me and your mother love you. I thought, oh, God. Oh, God. Here it comes. Here it comes. And little, little proper Linda had a little Kleenex rolled up. You know, had them proper people do. She, she dabbing. And my daddy says, are you on drugs? And I said, No. No, I'm not on drugs. And he said, so you're just that stupid? <laughs> and I said, yeah. And my mama went, I'm just glad you're not on drugs. We can help, stupid. You would have thought you would have thought that I'd have robbed three banks, shot 14 people dead. You would have thought that I was failing every class. Man, all I, I, I wouldn't, it wasn't that bad. I just had a 27 in geometry, you know. I mean, it wasn't that bad. But that's what we do when we're stressed. What do we do? It said out loud. We exaggerate the negative. You'll never have a miracle if you live by your feelings, if you try to solve everything in this life on your own, and if you always make your problems bigger than his promise. If you spend your life making the mistakes of John chapter 2 verse 3, you'll never have a miracle in your life. You can't live by your feelings, folks. You got to tap into faith in the Word of God. And you can't keep your hand on all of your issues. At some point, you're going to have to give it to the Lord. And you cannot make something small bigger than what it is. Well, it's pretty big to me. It's not bigger than His promise. Well, you just don't know how big it is. It doesn't matter how big it is. It still is smaller than the promises of God. So you cannot blow out of proportion what the enemy has put in your way. You'll turn something that's minor in the sight of God into something so big that you'll never overcome it. It will become the chain around your feet. It will become the shackle around your faith if you try to make it bigger than the promises of God. Someone say, I received that. So how did the miracle happen? Well, let's read on. We're going to turn the corner in this message. Are you ready for this? This is where the getting gets good, everybody. Mary, the mother of Jesus, she's two meatballs in and three celery sticks. She's finally caught her breath. 
She's finally settled down. She's finally got her punch. Okay, okay, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Even though they ain't got no more wine, Jesus is here, and he's a little different. I raised him, and ever since he was a little boy, he's just been a little different. I mean, even the way I had him is a little different. I didn't even know Joseph. And the Holy Spirit don't overshadow me. I got this little baby, and now he's a grown man. I just need to. Everybody in the room, listen to mama. Everybody in the room, listen to mama. And you can see the disciples. They're like, oh, God, here she goes again. She's going to snap again. And she says, listen, I'm sorry how I acted a while ago about the wine. It just, it just messed me up. I was worried about the party. But I'm okay. Everybody listen to me. Do whatever Jesus says for you to do. I've known him a long time. And it's probably going to be a little different than what y'all think it's going to be. But if you'll do it, it's going to be okay. From cover to cover in this Bible, God is famous for doing things that we'll never understand. And if you're one that has to understand how God is going to do whatever it is you need done, you're never going to have a miracle. Mary finally stood up with sanity in her voice and said, just do Whatever he says to do. Why? Well, Isaiah 55, verse number 8 in the Living Bible tells us. This is the Lord speaking through the prophet. The plan of mine is not what you would work out. Has anybody like me, anybody like me that's ever thought that God just needs to ask you how it should be done? I'm like, God, if you want to work that out for me, let me know because I've already got an answer for you, Lord. I just got an answer for you. He says, I've got a plan, and it's probably not what you would have worked out. And then he tells us why. He tells us why we probably wouldn't have done it the way he's going to do it. He says, because my thoughts are not like your thoughts. The heavens are higher than the earth. My ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Now, I don't know how you feel right now. I'm glad to know that the Lord's thoughts And the Lord's ways are higher than my thoughts and my ways. Because if they were equal to, I would not need a miracle. But he has things in store for me that are greater than what I could do. And he's got a plan for me that is right. Too many of us are trying to to live for God from our head to our heart. And the right order is from our heart to our head. What I mean by that is this. We want to fully understand what God's doing. God, what are you doing in my my daughter's lives? God, what are you doing in my marriage? What are you doing in my finances, in, in my career? God, what are you, you need to explain to me what you're doing at Calvary Church. You're never gonna fully understand what God's up to. This is, this is real faith. Faith is not understanding at all times what God's doing. It's believing at all times that he's doing it well and he's doing it in your good. For example, there was a man in scripture that watched Jesus pray for people. And he noticed a trend. Every time Jesus would pray for him, that Jesus would touch him. So this guy thought that there was something special about Jesus' hand. So he got his blind friend, and he brought him to Jesus. It's just a a few more steps, okay? He's right over here. And he brings the blind man to Jesus, and he says, this is what's going to happen. I've seen him do it like three times earlier at breakfast. He's just going to touch you with his hand, and you're going to see. Do you believe that? I I believe it. That's what's going to happen, okay? Don't worry. It's all going to be okay. Jesus, do you mind touching him with with your hand? (laughs) And Jesus, out of nowhere, does something crazy. It's kind of gross. He spits on the ground. And that's nasty, but that's what Jesus did. He spit on the ground, and then he actually scooped up his spit with some dirt. That is nasty. It's gross. And the guy that brought him is like, oh, Lord, what's he doing? What's he doing? Don't worry about it. It's all good. He don't see, right? He's like, it's all good. It's all good. Well, what was that sound? Oh, he popped the Sprite open. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. And he takes the spit with the dirt, and he makes mud, and he says, Okay, he's about to touch you with his hand. 
What are you doing, bro? You got mud all over your head. Just spit. That's nasty. Because somebody get some sanitizer. It's crazy. And all of a sudden, Jesus puts the mud on the man's eyes. Do y'all know why? That he spit on the ground and made the mud? Do you want to know why? Well, I have no idea. <laughs> I have not the foggiest idea. And that's the point. If you have to have an answer to why he did it, you're never going to have a miracle in your life. You're trying to fully understand before you fully believe. Full faith doesn't come from the cerebral activity of your, of your, of your understanding. Faith comes from your heart. Believe in your heart, the Bible says. Not run it through your filter of understanding. Believe it in your heart. And there's a lot of you in this room that you need a miracle in your life. And what's been hanging you up was you're trying to work through. You're trying to connect the dots. You're trying to figure Jesus out. And Jesus, the miracle worker, is trying to get you over your own worst enemy, which is your faults. He's trying to get you beyond your understanding to your belief. Hang in here now. John chapter 2 verse 6. So mom's, mom's in her right mind. Mom tells everybody to believe what, what he says and do what he says. And then, and then we, 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 we have it here in John chapter 2 verse 6. Jesus starts the miracle at the wedding. And he points over to the door and he says there are six large water pots over at the door. Y yeah, but th those, those aren't normal water pots, Lord. Those, those are used for the cleansing, you know, to come into worship. That we're the church, Jesus. And, and, and the type of church we're in, those are used because you got to cleanse your hands. you got to wash your hands. Those are ceremonial, liturgical forms of worship, Jesus. I know. Bring me that. Well, why do you want that? Because it's dead religion. And Jesus, in a stressful, tense wedding... With high expectations on the line, Jesus gets these water pots that were used in dead religious practice. And he says, I'm going to turn that water that's in that dead religious container, that vessel of dead religion, I'm fixing to turn it into a miracle of wine. We think that the main focus in our stress needs to be what God wants to do for us. And the focus needs to be on what is God going to do in us. I need you to do this and that. And the focus is what is God going to do in you during the miracle process of what he's going to do for you. Are you tracking with me today? We just want the results. And God is saying the results are not exterior. The results I'm looking for are on the interior. I want to change you from the inside out. I just don't want to change your circumstances. I'm going to ask you a question. And I'm going to do you the favor and not have you raise your hand. Don't answer this question. Because conviction is about to settle on every one of us. What do you pray for more? Do you pray for God to change something? Your circumstances? Or do you pray for God to do a work in you? Lord, you better help me with my money. Lord, you better help me with my marriage. Lord, help me with my job. I'm about to go crazy at the job. You got to help me with my job. You got to help me with this bill. You got to help me with my elbow. You got to help me with this and that. And it's always changing circumstances. And the Lord will help you in your circumstances. But the Lord wants to do a miracle in you in the process of blessing your circumstance. Water was about to be turned to wine. But he revealed to everybody in the room the vessel was going to be changed as well. Now if it's in a close, I want our our team to come help me close. There's two more points I'm going to preach to you. 
and, and I want to get them up here and get them settled because as soon as I call for them, y'all like telling each other, you get the kids, I'll get the car, and, and I'll meet you at the back door, okay? So I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a shortcut y'all and have them come up early right now to get y'all ready for your praying time. Now watch this. You ready for this? He tells the, the, the servants that bring the water pots, he tells them, I want you to dip in, take that ladle, take that spoon, dip into that water pot and take it, take it to the master of ceremonies of the wedding. But it's, 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 it's water, man. It doesn't look like wine yet. You, you told us to bring that water pot and it's still water. I know, but dip into it. Why he wants to dip into it? Nothing's been changed. Dip, dip into it. Remember Mary? She's over there choking on celery. I told you, just do what he says do. And finally, somebody dipped into it. They had to believe the unbelievable. If you're going to have a miracle, guys, something that's radically above your ability to do yourself, you're going to have to believe the unbelievable. Believable. This is the disconnect, man. This is the difference in people that experience the miraculous and the ones that stay stressed. I just, that's, that's unbelievable that that happened. Somebody chose to believe the unbelievable. You're telling me that, that our household income can go from, from this to that? That's unbelievable. Somebody's going to have to believe the unbelievable. You're, you're telling me that, that, that someone in your church was neurologically dead and the family was called in and the pastor was called in to give that person her last rites and pray the prayer of committal over her. And she still comes to church today. It, somebody chose to believe the unbelievable. You're telling me that he was caught red-handed in that terrible moral, moral failure. And she chose to forgive him. I just chose to believe the unbelievable. And we can go on and on and on. It's not fair for me to tell you what your miracle is. There's someone in this room today that you know that you know that you're done. You've exhausted your money. You've exhausted your prayer. You've exhausted your effort. You, you've exhausted reaching out for help. You, 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 you're like empty pocket. I, I don't have anything else I can do. I'm, I'm, I'm toast. You qualify for a miracle now. You ready for this? There's three things we're about to do. Three things. And I believe they're all critical. <clears throat> because they're all they're all tied to faith. In just a moment, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you if you need a miracle in your life, and and I'm gonna come into agreement with you for for whatever it is you need God to do. But these three things: number one, I'm gonna ask you to come forward. I'm gonna ask you to come forward. Secondly, I'm gonna ask you to listen and worship to a certain song that I've asked for today. There's lyrics that are faith-building lyrics that I believe the Holy Spirit gave to the songwriter. And then the third one is I'm going to lead you in prayer. Now, I can't give you a miracle. But I do believe these are steps right out of John 2 to get you to the miraculous. I want everybody to stand. And here's the big one. If you need a miracle in your life, I'm not, I'm not talking about something you, that you've just put off that you can do. 
not talking about apologizing for what's been made wrong or asking forgiveness. I'm not talking about going and putting the application in for the job. Those are things you can do. And I'm, that's not what I'm wasting this sermon on. This is, this is a niche sermon for a niche need. You've done everything. And you still need a breakthrough. You need a miracle. If you're here today and you need a miracle in your life, I want you to step out and come close real quick. If you need a miracle. This is just for a select group of people that you know who you are. You need a miracle. Come come all the way in here. Close in tight. You need a miracle. You need a miracle. See, what what what's the reason I'm reason I emphasize the, the stepping out is you've, you've just started the, the process already because for some of you this is this is a stinking big deal because you do not want to walk in front of anybody you don't want to do what you've just done but but you've already you've, you've already started the process and there's some of you in the room right now it you, you know that you should be here and you just you just can't quite if you're not willing to do you're not willing to do something a little uncomfortable. You remember in the Bible, a man had a crippled arm. A man had a crippled arm, and he said, "Lord, will you, if you find it in your will, would you, would you, would you, would you heal my arm? Stretch it forth." I'm sorry. I, I, I'm just asking you, will you heal my arm? Stretch, stretch it forth. I, I, I'm crippled. I can't stretch it forth. I'm crippled. I need you to, to heal my arm. Stretch it forth. You want me to do something in front of all these people that you know good and well is going to embarrass me even more? You want me to stretch forth my arm? Stretch it forth. And it was in the stretch. So I'm going to give you about 10 more seconds. If you need a miracle in your life, I know it's a stretch for you, but I want to pray over you. If you know who you are, and and there's no doubt about it, you got to have a miracle. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. You just know that you know that you know. I mean, here's the thing. If you've done everything else already, why not, why not, why not have faith? Can you guys come a little closer? Come a little closer. All right. Thank you for coming. God bless you for coming. God bless you for coming. Need a miracle? You need something that you can't do. You need something that Walmart don't sell. You need something that money can't buy. You need money that you need. You need something my counselor can't talk you into. Man, that's what I'm preaching about. Something that you just. This is supernatural, man. And you don't understand how. You just know that it needs to happen for you. Okay, here's the second thing. They're going to sing this song, and man, it's a cool song. It's got great lyrics. And the reason I want you to hear it is because when I pray, I want you to be ready to believe. This song, man, it'll get you to believe, and it'll get you feeling feeling like anything's possible. And this song just talks about him being a miracle worker, that he's a way maker, and that he's turning it around. Now, you say, you just want me to listen? I want you to listen, but then I want you to start singing it. Because I want you to start hearing you believing. So we're going to put the lyrics up there for people like me that just need a little help knowing the words. And I want you to start singing that song. And if you don't want to, if you don't want to sing out loud, just kind of mumble through them, you know. But just start believing. And then I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to pray over you. You're going to see the miracle come in Jesus' name. Let's enjoy this. I 
your full and divided attention whatever it is that's got you in a corner can I tell you that it doesn't scare the Lord Jesus Christ at all because at the cross he conquered death, hell and the grave man there's not one single thing that he has not paid the price for already you just got to come into faith you just got to get out of those feelings you got to take your hand off of it you got to start coming into faith in your heart and truly believe that all things are possible. Oh, but it's so big, but it's smaller than His promise. Oh, but it's so scary, but it cowards down to the blood and the name of Jesus Christ. You want me to tell you how to get a miracle? We're fixing to take our hands off of it. And we're going to say, dear Lord Jesus, let it be my victory. I want to pray over you. Do you believe he's a way maker? Do you believe he's a miracle worker? We've already declared a miracle is something that we cannot do. But it's something that we desperately need from the Lord. Now I'm going to pray and I want you to repeat my prayer. You're going to have to come into agreement. My words have to come out of the belly of your heart. 
you feel free to add to my words, okay? You feel free to just, just kind of pour your best out. I simply want to lead you there. So for you in the altar, lift up your hands and open your heart and speak these words. Heavenly Father, I've done all I can do. I've spent all I have. I'm at my end. This has become bigger than I am. But I know that it's not bigger than you. But I've met my match and now I turn it over to you. I'm ready for a supernatural, a greater than Jesus performed miracle. I believe with all my heart that all things are possible. So in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I take my hands off of this situation and I fully give it over to you. And I trust that you're working it out for my good. I do not have to understand it. I just receive it by faith. May my miracle come in the name of Jesus. Go to work on my behalf. Work it out for my good. I believe in the name of Jesus that all things are working for my good and that I will see the victory over this problem. That I will come out of this better than I went into this. That you're not just restoring it, but you're making it better than it's ever been. I believe in Jesus' name that I will experience increase, abundance. I will experience an overflowing, empowering, mind-boggling, unexplainable miracle in my life. And it's not going to be because of anything I've done. It's going to be because of everything you did. You are Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ. You've conquered death, hell, and the grave. You've risen again. You're the Lord of all. And God, you're all my 